Psalm 54. This is going to be the Passion Translation. God, deliver me by your mighty name. Come with your glorious power and save me. Listen to my prayer. Turn your ears to my cry. These violent men have risen up against me. Heartless, ruthless men who care nothing about God seek to take my life. But the Lord, but the Lord God has become my divine helper. He leans into my heart and lays his hands upon me. God will see to it that those who sow evil will reap evil. So Lord, in your great faithfulness, destroy them once and for all. Lord, I will offer myself freely and everything I am, I give to you. I will worship and praise your name, O Lord, for it is precious to me. Through you, I'm saved, rescued from every trouble. I've seen my eyes, I've seen with my eyes the defeat of my enemies. I've triumphed over them all. Our next passage will be Mark chapter 9, verses 30 through 37. They went on from there and walked through the region of Galilee. Jesus didn't want the people to know he was there because he wanted to teach his disciples in private. He said to them, the Son of Man is destined to be betrayed and turned over to those who will execute him. But after three days, he will rise again. But the disciples didn't have a clue what he meant and were too embarrassed to ask him to explain it. Then they came to Capernaum. And as soon as Jesus was inside the house, he asked his disciples, what were you arguing about on the way here? No one said a word because they had been arguing about which one of them was the greatest. Jesus sat down, called the 12 disciples to come around him and said to them, if anyone wants to be first, he must be content to be last and become a servant of all. Then he had a child come and stand among them. He wrapped the child in his arms and said to them, Whoever welcomes a little child in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me welcomes not only me, but the one who sent me. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Joel. I'm ask you to get your Bibles out and turn to Psalm 54. And I'd like you to hold your Bibles open so that we can meditate on that portion of Scripture today. And um, we're also going to hear a testimony of what God has done this morning. It's going to be a good time in God's Word. So I want to make sure you have your Bibles open to Psalm 54 as we just make reference to it as we go through today. And then also on the back of your bulletin, it's blank. So I'm going to ask you to take out your bulletin. On the back side, it's blank. I'm going to give you some things to write down today. There's a pen in front of you, so write down. Uh, what God speaks to your heart inside your bulletin are the questions from all of the readings uh, so that we can get God's word inside of our heart. There's also a memory verse there for you from the readings. So uh, we want to get God's word inside of us. So go ahead and, and, uh, and uh, just get ready to go this morning. Leslie and I took our first cruise ever last year. And uh, how many cruisers do we have in, okay, so we have a few, few hands going up here. There are some cruisers. We had never been on a cruise. We had no idea what to expect, so we were asking the people that are cruisers what to expect. And, and they kept telling us, 
you won't feel anything. You know, it's just it, it won't it won't feel like you're on a boat at all. It is, and, and um, we felt it uh, from the moment we got. Now there were some good days. They weren't all bad, but there were some days. There was a storm at sea, and the boat started rocking, and it was rocking so bad they had to empty the swimming pools. Okay, that's how bad it was rocking. Okay. I'm getting sick just thinking about it, so I'm going to stop talking about it. But there were some serious waves. It was crazy. Uh, the funniest thing, though, was where the kids were trying to play ping pong on the table, like, whoo, you know, just like, look like drunk little kids. It was just kind of funny. But, um, but sometimes life feels like that, doesn't it? Like, whoa, back and forth. And, 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 and sometimes it gets pretty serious. It's not like just kind of rocking in the cruise because obviously we were safe in that boat. Maybe it feels like the disciples in the storm waking up, Jesus, don't you care that we're going to die? Don't you care that we're drowning? It feels like this is, this is the fight of our life. And when we saw pictures on the TV screen and and we have friends that live on the East Coast, the Carolina Coast, Steve Holder, who's preached here before as the president of our fellowship, their church, and, and just all these other churches with the winds and the waves and the flooding and everything that happened, it, it, it's scary. And, and sometimes that's how life feels. It, it feels like we're just being rocked. And I want to talk to you about that today because the, the, the Bible speaks to those moments in our lives. Maybe for you, it was something that happened a long time ago. It was something that came across your path and it rocked your world a long time ago, but you are still feeling the effects. You still have those waves rocking you back and forth. Maybe you're sitting in the middle of a storm right now and it's completely overwhelming and you don't know how you're going to be rescued or if you'll even make it. Sometimes these storms are in our homes, they're with our families, they're inside of our marriages, and the storm is so harsh we, we don't know if we'll make it. Sometimes these storms are at work where there's a coworker out to get you, or at school there's a bully that is taking you down. Sometimes in our life, it's sickness that comes our way, and that storm begins to rock our world. Or there's a circumstance that seems impossible to overcome, and there's really no way out. The enemy is going to use every situation in your life, every storm in your life, to take you out. He is bent on your destruction. So what do we do? Do we listen to the enemy? Because the enemy is going to tell you, whether well, it was something in the past or something in the present. So you just you got to live with the storm. And, and Jesus is, is saying, I don't want you to look at what's happening to you or has happened to you. I want you to look at what I can do for you. Because there will be storms in this life. That's just promise to us in Scripture. There will be storms. But Jesus says, I'll be the rock. I'll be the anchor in the midst of your storm." God wants you to know that he loves you, that he's got you, that he was with the disciples in the midst of the storm, he's with you in the midst of the storm, and he can calm the storm. 
He doesn't let us go. He loves us too much. That's why He takes us and He places us even together as a church and in each other's lives so that we can be there for one another during those difficult times. He loves us, He's got us, and He puts us into His family. So today I want to meditate on God's Word. I want you to look at Psalm 54 with me, and again, have it open there so that we can get it inside of us, because the Bible speaks to these exact moments in our life. Don't forget that God is with us in the most difficult times of life, that he says, I want you to look to me because he is merciful, he is gracious, he's compassionate, he's patient, he's loving, he's forgiving, he is a good, good father. I'm going to tell you today, you may get stretched, but you won't break. You may be in the midst of the waves, but you won't drown because God is with you. So hang on. Call out to Him. Listen to Him. Put your faith in God and His Word. And so listen to God's Word now as we read it again together. You may have it open on your lap, but you can also look at the screen. Let's meditate on these verses. God Deliver me by your mighty name. Come with your glorious power and save me. Listen to my prayer. Turn your ears to my cry. These violent men have risen up against me, heartless, ruthless. Men who care nothing about God seek to take my life. But the Lord has become my divine helper. He leans into my heart and lays his hands upon me. God will see, it, see to it that those who sow evil will reap evil. So, Lord, in your great faithfulness, destroy them once and for all. Lord, I offer myself freely, and everything I am I give to you. I will worship and praise your name, O Lord, for it is precious to me. Through you I'm saved, rescued from every trouble. I've seen with my eyes the defeat of my enemies. I have triumphed over them all. Let that psalm get inside of you. What is this psalm telling us? It's saying to us, call on the Lord in the midst of trouble. That God is powerful. That He is faithful. Look at what David, the psalmist, says. He says, listen to me, God. Rescue me. Set things right. People are out to get me. They weren't just out to get David. They were out to kill David. He is running for his life. And he says, these circumstances are overwhelming me. And then he pauses. Selah. Pauses right in the middle of the psalm. And everything that he's been talking about, he gives to God. All the death and all the destruction and all the waves and all the circumstances, he gives it over to God. And I want to declare today as you read this psalm that you are not alone. That you are not all on your own. That God will sustain you. He will fight for you. We're called to worship, to offer that. And the victory comes from him. And so today what I want us to talk about are some practical things that we can put into our life from this psalm. And here's the main thing. It's not on the screen, but you can just write it down. What are we to do? What did David do? We're to call on God. Just boldly call on His name. He is faithful. Put your faith in the one 
who is faithful. Let me tell you this. This is an either-or thing. You can either do it your way, or you can do it God's way. All right? Now, if you do it God's way, that's actually good news. Because if you do it God's way, it's all up to God. He's got it all. You don't have to worry. When you do it God's way, he's got it. If you do it your way, it's all up to you. You've got to do it. And you've got to do it all. I don't know about you. I can't calm a storm. But I know one who can. And that's why, and and when I give it to God, I don't want to go back and take it back. This is an either-or thing. You can do it your way or his way. You can't give it to him and then come back and go, I'll take it back. No, we've got to give it to God. Because God has a job and you have a job. God's job is to fight your battles. God's job is to calm the storm. Your job is to call on Him. To wait on Him. To worship Him. You don't fight the battle. He fights the battle. You don't calm the storm. He calms the storm. You call on the one who can calm the storm. God's got a job and you've got a job. Don't do God's job. Because you can't. You do your job. Your job is calling on him. Let me tell you, now when we we talk about this, our feelings are going to go the other way. We're going to give it to God and then we're going to to have these feelings. And you can't live by your natural feelings. Because you're going to want to take it back. You're going to wonder, okay, how long is this going to take? What's happening here? And so, so we have to get away from not just our feelings, but our natural thinking. We have to have the mind of God. We have to be led of the Holy Spirit and say, God, you tell me in your word, as David did, call on you. You will deliver me from my enemies. So, okay, God, well, that's your job. My job is to call on you, to wait on you, to worship you. And what that means is I've got to yield my heart and my mind and everything to God. I've got to say, God, you've got to do this. You've got to do it your way. And let me tell you, when you do that, when you yield your heart, when you do your job, the tide of the battle begins to turn. It's at that moment that everything begins to change. And it may take a little while, but but things are going to begin to change because you're doing your job, and that allows God to do his job. That tells me that calling on him, waiting on him, worshiping him, those are some pretty powerful tools in battle. And that's what I'm called to do. And when we allow God to do his job and we do our job, I'm going to tell you, it's going to work out because God's got this. And he's going to give you the victory. Now, when I, when I share things like this, we know that it's true in our spirit, right? We're like, yes, I understand that. I get that. And I know that God is a, a deliverer. I know he's my friend. I know that he's going to rescue me. And so if there's someone that's coming against us or or something in our life, a circumstances, we know that God is a good God and he'll take care of us. But, but, But here's the thing. What if the problem in my life is actually me? What if I made the mistake? What if I created the circumstance? What if instead of being bullied, I was the bully? You know, can God rescue me? Can God deliver me? Because we know God will rescue us when we're oppressed because he's a God of justice. But because he's a God of justice, if I make the mistake, if I break down, if I make the mess, can I still call on him? Will he rescue me? You already know the answer. 
But what I love about today is that we're going to put a testimony in right here. I'm going to pause my message for just a moment. And I'm going to invite Joe Schubring to come up and, and share a testimony with us. It's so good to see uh, all of Joe's family here today as well with us. We welcome them. <clears throat> I didn't say it earlier, but it's good to have the Johnsons with us as well, our, our missionaries from Wilgo. So thank you guys for being here this morning, uh, Jared's parents. Um, no, Joe, Joe his whole life. I mean, um, Joe went to church for nine months before he was ever born. And, um, and uh, he's been here. But he's got a story of God's goodness that when you call on God, God will save and deliver you. Thanks for sharing today, Joe. Would you welcome Joe as he comes? Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. Love uh, Christian Life Church. I'm really excited to be here. Um, I'm going to unpack a few things before I get started. You guys can hear me okay, right? It's microphones. I'm not used to this. Um, <laughs> so... First, um, as Daryl said, I mean, I was practically born here. Uh, I, I grew up my entire life here, uh, age eight. Um, I, I asked the Lord my life actually in the gymnasium when that was the auditorium. Uh, this, this auditorium didn't even exist. Um, age eight, when I was younger, I, I, uh, I had a calling on my life. Well, you know what, let me back up. First... <clears throat> Right, currently, I'm in a program uh, that's called Teen Challenge. Um, Teen Challenge was started by Dave Wilkerson from Philadelphia. His goal was to get, get kids off the street, gangs off the street. Um, uh, what seems to be a taboo subject sometimes is drugs. Uh, drugs, alcohol, addictions. Um, his goal was to get guys off the streets and know about God. Uh, the program that we have, I, I've rotated over AA, 12-step programs. What I figured out coming to Teen Challenge, which their focus is all on the Lord, is that it wasn't about 12 steps. It was one step. And it was out of the darkness into his marvelous light. This is something that needs to be... Uh, needs to be said in these groups. Unfortunately, uh, AA has kind of steered away from it. they got great things going on. Um, you know, God bless them for, for lives that they have touched. But th that's what I found. This program does that. They have uh, academics that keep up with it. Uh, we're referred as students because most of it's academic-based. Um, Chicago Teen Challenge was the second Teen Challenge that was built. Right now, currently, I think they have 160 uh, worldwide. So other nations have it. Um, it's a 13-month program. It's on a 30-day program, 13 months. Uh, so living in a house full of 25 other guys can get uh, mildly frustrating sometimes. Um, but, you know, you learn. You, you, you develop um, skills to handle different personalities, and they're all strong personalities, especially coming from dark places. Um, so with that... Um, I'm going to explain how I got here um, and the, the life events that actually kind of um, unfolded um, for me to get to where I'm at. Um, it was a very back-and-forth um, relationship I had with the Lord. Knowing at a young age I had a calling, um, had uh, the anointing, um, as it was later said to me, um, it didn't really hit me in my youth. I didn't, 
I didn't pull it in as much as I think I should have at that moment. Um, <clears throat> growing up in a Christian environment, um, I had uh, always being told that I had the calling of my life. Um, it, 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 didn't, it didn't resonate till later. Um, I think as you get older, um, you kind of realize when difficulties come, this starts ringing in your head a little bit more. Um, the fact behind all of this is, is that I had prayer warriors behind me. I had a dedicated family, and I had uh, what seemed to be a prayer project from uh, the men prayer on Saturday mornings. Um, these guys prayed for years for me. Uh, prayer was the key here and bringing me out of this. Um, I, I was so blessed in having that, and I felt it. There's always a pull from the enemy. Um, there's always opposition from the enemy when I'm dealing with this stuff. Um, so as I got older, um, I, I, my mom, they struggled to keep me in a private school. Um, that didn't work. I think they politely asked me to leave uh, based upon me being a class clown, I think that was uh, what they told me. Um, so messing around, they, uh, they uh, thought a uh, different school would be more appropriate. So going to public school, this kind of introduced a whole new environment for me that I wasn't used to, um, but I immediately connected to. Um, rebellious uh, spirit came out of that. Um, you know, this carried on into high school, where drugs and alcohol were prominent, and uh, my rebellious attitude, I indulged. Uh, picking up alcohol, smoking uh, marijuana, um, it was just kind of all over the place. I wanted to experiment, I wanted to get in that area. Um, the enemy found that a, a great area to kind of pull me away from uh, the calling that I had. The amazing thing is, is that as this rotated, um, there was a very back and forth thing because God continuously pursued me and that's what he does, just continuous. And with the combination of prayer, um, the summer of 99, after my sophomore year, um, we had something in the church called Kansas City Camp um, and the spirit of God was moving in that place. Um, God spoke to me in there, he told me, you're in ministry. That's the bottom line. So instead of hearing it from everybody else, um, he spoke to me in that place. Um, I pursued it. I decided to um, attend Bible college here. Um, I felt like there was a right track on there. The issue was, was that I was a very impressionable 18-year-old. And with that, um, I looked up to certain guys in the ministry. The problem is that I had too much faith in man and not enough in God. When I wasn't trusting God enough, and I didn't seek that, an issue started coming up in my life, and I looked towards the wrong people that didn't seem to be doing what they should have been doing in ministry. It kind of started pulling me away. Um, to back up in high school, I had an injury from sports. Started on football, carried on in hockey, uh, fooling around, doing stupid things. Um, it, it created a bulging disc in my back. Uh, back then, they were throwing painkillers at people. Uh, there's, there's an opiate epidemic now, and it started in our medicine cabinets. It's a huge, huge issue, and it, it leads to other things. Um, 
leads to heroin, it leads to uh, cocaine, crack. Um, <clears throat> tied with my spirit, in that moment, I don't even think I finished a semester here at Bible College. It pulled me away so much that I got discouraged. I started listening to the enemy, the lies that were in my ear, and then rotated over that. I said, you know what, I'm done with this. I got painkillers. Um, you know, God still showed his blessings, though. Uh, he, I found a skill. Um, so it wasn't ministry, but something almost he provided me to maintain while I ran from him, and literally ran from him. Uh, he introduced the, uh, the culinary industry to me. Uh, the issue with the culinary industry is that I found a skill, I was great at it, but it's a party lifestyle. When I say party lifestyle, there's alcohol, there's drugs, there's, you know, you, you're not with your family on holidays, you work holidays. You're working weekends. Right after that, everyone drinks. Everyone indulges in drugs. You work hard, you play hard. That was the thing. As I continued... Um, Again, as the enemy was pulling me back, uh, you know, Paul references in Romans 7, 21, so I find it a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. When I had that, there was always a pull, and I, I felt the pull all the time. It was back and forth. Once in a while, I'd show myself my face here, show up, try to do the right thing, but there wasn't that faith there. I didn't, I didn't have that, and... There's too much, there's a stronghold that developed. I had people going to me, you know, you need to smarten up. This is getting out of control. You need to wise up. But the problem with that thought is that it's not about intelligence. It's about heart. And as strongholds are, you don't get out of a stronghold by your thinking. You get delivered from a stronghold. That's what eventually happened to me. <clears throat> Falling into this cycle um, that just kept on rotating with me, um, the enemy found, found that spot where I was vulnerable. Um, it, it was drugs and alcohol and everything that goes with it. With this drugs and alcohol and the habit you pick up, how it develops is that lying, stealing, all these other sins get involved. So you're not just dealing with that, there's all this other stuff, and you create this lifestyle, this mentality. And then you're just so wrapped up into it that you, see, you feel so deep and there's no hope. Pastor was talking about hope, it was not there with me at that time. Um, the amazing thing is, is that even in drunken stupors, I was crying out to God. Um, I, I found myself in that place. Um, death seemed to be the only way out of this. Um, there were suicidal thoughts that came with it. Um, amazingly enough, there were still these little blessings that God showed me to keep my heart knowing that he existed. Uh, one of them that came out of this was my beautiful daughter, Layla, which is in the seats today. She's crouched down. I don't think she got a lot of sleep. I don't know what's going on there, but um, <laughs> she... Uh, She's more than a blessing, and it, it, it gave me something to look forward to. Um, the, the, the issue with it is, and I think a lot of guys that go into 
uh, a recovery mentality is they do it for somebody. They do it for their wife, they do it for their kids. But the issue that I think, problem that guys pull back into it is that we should be doing it for the Lord and our relationship with the Lord. And everything after that, he backs up, he takes care of. There's blessings that come out of that. And that's something that I, I came to realize. So after losing any hope, uh, depression kicked in, anxiety kicked in. I got doctors to prescribe me uh, Xanax, and then that developed blackouts and not doing things. It was just a mess. And literally pulling me into the mire. Legal issues started coming up because of how the addictions come in. Uh, lying, stealing, you, you create huge legal problems, and I eventually found myself in Cook County Jail. This, um, this was out of character of who I should be. It was, uh, it was a dark place. It was just something, again, there's lack of hope. Um, right before I got to Cook County, I took so much drugs that I came very close to death. I actually had a friend there um, that almost tried to revive me because there was an overdose involved. Because of the calling, because of the pull, because of the pursuit, and because of the prayer I got from family, the prayer I got from these guys that sacrificed their Saturday mornings to pray for me, to pray for other people, to pray for this church, there's, there's sacrifice in that. And the only reason that I lived was because of these prayers. Warning death, but... Um, The interesting is, is when I was in Cook County um, and there was a suicide just on my mind. Um, there was no other thoughts. When you're in that dark place, it's just, you're so deep into it that you know, hope isn't a thought. Um, you, I still found myself crying out to God because that's all I had. It was a rock bottom for me. And when you're at the bottom, the only place to look is up. Bottom line. Um, so I cried out to him. Someone happened to have a Bible in Cook County. The verse that he laid in my heart, which is very ironic um, that, that it came to me, um, was in Psalms 42, where David, who's clearly dramatic and probably theatrical in his own right, um, going through Psalms, Psalms 42, he drew me up from the pit of destruction out of the miry bog and set my feet upon the rock, making my steps secure. After this, I was talking to my lawyer who was trying to get me out of this situation the best he could. Um, I remember my parents suggesting this Teen Challenge place. I'm like, oh, 13 months, there's no way. There's no way. But it was my only hope. I didn't want to stay in jail for the stupid things I did. Um, so the, the hope came in there. I suggested it to my lawyer. My lawyer comes back to me um, after a couple continuances, and he's like, you know, I suggested the judge, and then I looked into it. It actually turns out that I'm in a running club. I don't know who's in a running club, first off. But I'm in a running club with the executive director over at Teen Challenge. If that's not a sign, I don't, I don't know what it is. So I'm like, okay, uh, that, that put me on my face for a little while. Um, they, that pulled me out of there. Um, I got a few judges that were on board with it. They got me in there. So now I'm at a place where I find 
um, everything's God-centered. Uh, it's a very challenging program. It's, it's, uh, it's broken me down more than once. And the thing with being broken down is that we have to find uh, humility. Uh, God can't work with pride. He works with humility. Finding some humility in this, it comes with being broken down. My pride picks up, he breaks me down. There's humility there. It damages that pride, and that's okay, because he does something amazing with it. The growth out of that isn't me just finding the Lord, but now there's a burning, and we're, we're made to burn. We're made to have passion for the Lord, and I think we need to seek that a little bit more, and that's what I'm finding. That's what I'm finding in Scripture. So it's not lessons right now. It's epiphanies that are coming, but it's only because I'm getting broken down, and I hope I continue to get broken down. I want it. There's, there's a longing that developed from this dark place. Pulling me out of, of the muck, the mire that, that, that was my life, I'm able to start recognizing how the enemy works. I think when we recognize how the enemy works, then we can go to the Lord and pray specifically for these things. Bridges that I've burnt are started to be rebuilt. Things that, uh, what the locusts have eaten are being restored. And I think that's in, that's in Joel. And it's slowly. There's time and consistency that works with things. But the awesome thing is that he keeps on showing me blessings. And if I return those blessings, I see more from him. So coming from death, save me from death, from suicide it becomes an amazing thing. There's something that comes out of it. So now I'm pursuing a calling. Uh, I decided to intern over a Teen Challenge, so I'm out of there in like, I think a month. Seems like I've been there for 10 years, but um, <laughs> I, I'll be interning there and I'll be working with another church in Chicago and studying under the ministry over there as well. Um, and it, it's, it's pulling me back to who I am, uh, claiming that I am a child of God, that I'm not a drug addict or I'm not a convict. Thank you. I was looking for encouragement. I brought my own, but I appreciate that. Um, I, I hope to see the blessings still come. I know I'll see the blessings to, to come. Daryl was talking about hope, and it's there. If he can bring us from, from death, from an addiction that you don't seem like you can pull yourself out of, um, from, from prison, and there is testimony after testimony after testimony that comes from Teen Challenge from these places where these guys are at their bottom and they look up. And it makes me emotional. <laughs> the Spirit works. And when we seek after God and we pursue him, as much as he's consistently pursuing us, something comes out of that. Something amazing comes out of that. And there's drive. David had it. David did a lot of horrible things. But his heart was there. And it's not about intelligence, it's about heart. My heart can take me places that my, that my mind won't. So I'm gonna continue uh, pursuing after God and, and going in the calling that I have. Um, there's no other way for me. Uh, if I don't do what he asked, there's gonna be serious issues. <laughs> so, um, I'm blessed to have the family that are here. Um, 
It's awesome to have a fan club, so thank you guys for coming. <laughs> but um, I appreciate it. That's what I got. We say thank you to Joe for sharing this morning. Thanks, Joe. Appreciate that. So glad Joe could be with us today to, to share a testimony that God rescues us wherever we are. You can call on him. Listen to me. This is so important. God's love never runs out. There, there's no last call with God. I, wanna, I just want you to really get this in your, in your heart and, and mind that, that there is a covenant love. This is not a, a love like you and I have as humans. There is a covenant love between God and you. I believe it goes to your family as well, as we saw praying for Joe. And again, that, that story just took a couple minutes to tell, but that story was actually years of prayer, years of calling on God. And God's covenant love never stops. I want to give you a, a verse um, before we go today. It's just one more verse. It'll be on the screen. You can write it down. Isaiah 59.11, or 1, 59.1, excuse me. Listen, the Lord's arm is not too weak to save you, nor his ear too deaf to hear your call. God is available to everyone. He hears us. God's not too weak. He can reach down, not just to where you are, but to Cook County Jail. So God's arm is not weak. His ear is not deaf. He is listening when we call on His name. And so we call on His name, but it's not calling on a genie with a wish. Because I think a lot of people do that. Because Joe said over here, he would cry out to God. And I'm not saying that that, that wasn't sincere in that moment. But we're not going to say a little prayer and get out of it. There's something bigger happening here. God is saying, I want you to come to me. I want you to call to me. And, and we, won't, we don't have time now, but we read it in Mark this morning when Joel read our gospel reading that Jesus brought the children to himself and he says, unless you come to me as this little child. Joel mentioned, unless you come in humility, not in pride, but in humility, not like, well, get me out of this, God, but, but coming to him in humility like a like a, a little, little kid just lifting their arms to their dad. Dad, he picked me up. And I want to tell you, he's a good, good father. And all he's looking for is that repentance. All he's looking for is that turning to him, coming to him, and, and just saying, God, deliver me, save me. He is strong. He is able. He is listening to you today. And what I love about God is God doesn't just save you for you. He saves you to serve. He, he rescued Joe with a purpose now to share his testimony and preach the word. See, his life is going to hit more lives. Your life is going to hit more lives. As we call on God, it's not just to rescue you, but to give you a testimony that God is alive, that he's at work, and he is listening. And I love God because he just opens us with, he welcomes us with open arms. He's just like, come to me all you who are weary and heavy laden. And when we come to him, he gives us direction, he gives us correction, he gives us provision, and he gives us purpose. Would you bow your heads and your hearts with me today? God is our rescuer, he's our redeemer, he's our friend. He's looking for us to call out to him this morning. 
That's just our job. That's our job. Call on Him. Wait on Him. Worship Him. His job is to fight your battle. His job is to calm the storm. So I'm going to give you just a minute to pray. We don't have a lot of time here, so I'm going to give you a minute to pray wherever the storm is in your life. Maybe it is something in your past. Maybe it's even something that, that Joe mentioned in his testimony, and, and it's, it, it's so upset your world that you're still feeling the waves to this day. Maybe it's something you're going through right now. Maybe it's something at home with your family or your marriage or work or, or school or, or just life, a circumstance, whatever it is. I want you to give it to God. Call out to Him. Just be like a little child coming to God in humility saying, God, I give it to you so that you'll rescue and save and deliver me. Just call out to God this morning and then I'm going to pray for you in a moment. But just whatever it is, just quietly right now in this moment, give it to God. Lord, we're grateful that your arm is not weak and your ear is not deaf. You are mighty to save all who call on your name. And so, Lord, today we called on you. And God, we come as humble children, calling on you to rescue us in the midst of the storm, in the midst of the waves, those things that we face, God. Thank you for your word that speaks to that part of our life. And God, I thank you that you don't leave us alone in the storm. God, that you rescue us and you save us and you do that with a purpose. Thank you for being so strong. Thank you for being in our life. Thank you for delivering. Thank you for delivering Joe. Thank you for hearing our prayers and answering our prayers. And God, we pray that for every family member we're praying for, every person we hold up in prayer, day after day, year after year. Thank you for your covenant love that never runs out. Lord, we turn our heart to you. You alone can save. So God, this week we will do our job and call on you. And God, we're going to worship you and watch you as you do your job in our life. Lord, we surrender our hearts to you today, each and every one. I know it's time to go, but I feel like we need to, to pray together. Just keep your head bowed and your eyes closed. There might be somebody here, there might be somebody watching online, there might be something, someone listening to this later, but... There, God is calling you to himself. There is sin in our life that separates us from God, and we will never be 100% good, but we can all be 100% forgiven. Because Jesus came and he died on a cross for our sins. 
And no matter where your life is, He is here for you. No matter where you're at in your storm, He's here for you. Just turn from your way and go His way. And He will make you new. He doesn't just clean you up. He makes you new. He's not just cleaning up Joe. He's making Joe a new person. And God wants to make you a new person. And so I'm just going to ask you to repeat this prayer. But it's not just a prayer we pray to, to get some help. This is a prayer from the heart. That we mean from the heart. And when we pray this prayer, we're, we're, we're brand new in God. And so I'm going to ask you to repeat this prayer. I'm going to ask everyone to repeat this prayer with me this morning. Say these words. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I need your forgiveness. I believe that you died for my sins. I want to turn from my sins. I now invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Call on God. He will hear you. He will answer. And if you prayed that prayer for the first time today or you are coming back to the Lord today, uh, best decision you ever made. We also have...